Good morning, Lee Brower here, and welcome to this week's edition of Meaningful Monday. You know, I am glad to be here. I'm grateful to be here. Let's chat. Uh, would you be willing to go to wackywarriors.org, or if you're a Facebooker, go to Lee Brower and the Facebook, but it's wackywarriors.org, and up at the top, on the top heading, you'll see a place to hit blog. I'm inviting you to go in and... and um, read my wife's Lori's blog from this last week. It's called A Story About Hard Times. And uh, I didn't, I read it on Wednesday morning. I was traveling and it put tears in my eyes, especially understanding, I got to understand her better. But I think it'll help you. Everybody that has read it has commented on how much it's impacted them. And so I'm going to challenge you to go take a look at that article and, uh, and enjoy it. Enjoy it. She's, she's turned into an amazing writer. It's very brief, uh, but I think that you will enjoy it. You know, as a continuation of last week, we talked about you don't have to wait for that last note to enjoy the song. You don't have to wait till you say amen to enjoy the prayer. And you certainly don't have to wait to cross the finish line to enjoy the race. This last Saturday, as part of my training, I forgot that I wanted to run the Salt Lake City Marathon. So our good friend and colleague, Dave Sheffield, who ran his first marathon as the fir- in the very first wacky event. And it was so difficult for him, he came back and threw brand new shoes in the trash and said he would never do it again. Until, until I said, we're gonna do another one. And he said, why? And I said, because. We're going to go out and bring more awareness and more money for, for young adults and uh, adolescents living with cancer. So lo and behold, he straps his shoes, new pair of shoes on, and he trains and he does it again. This time he crosses the finish line and he's got blood streaks coming from his nipples where the shirt had rubbed it raw. And he walked over and he said, threw those shoes away and said, that's it. Well, since that day, Dave has run a half marathon every month. I think he's completed now over 40, maybe, I'm not sure exactly where he's at, but well over 40 uh, half marathons. And um, uh, he's done it with joy and with happiness. Uh, I I just have to say that he is one who runs the race and enjoys the journey. He thanked every policeman along the way. He said hi, he smiled people, even people from the crowd would yell out, Way to smile, way to smile. And he just enjoyed the whole time. And so I'm grateful to have that experience of running alongside David. And thank you, David, for that. And as I was running, we were stopped at an intersection because they let some cars through. They don't usually stop the runners, but they're backed up. And I took this as a time to run over to a quick convenience store to use the restroom. As I was going into the restroom, a man that was obviously destitute is coming out. And I could tell he wasn't of good health. He had a runny nose. And um, he asked me if I would buy him a drink. And he wasn't talking about an alcoholic beverage. He was just talking about a drink. And I know that because after I told him I didn't have any money and I was walking into the restroom, I heard him ask the clerk for a glass of water. I went inside and realized, not intentionally, but I had just automatically lied to him. Because I always hide some money when I go running. I always take one bill, roll it up and stick it in my vest in case there's an emergency. And so when I came out, I went looking for him. 
I had this instinct that I had ignored when he asked me, and I then it just became so compelling I had to follow it through. So as I came out of the bathroom, he was nowhere to be found. I asked the man, did he go, where did he go? And he said, oh, he's gone. I went out looking for him and then finally found him on the other side of a fence, sitting in a chair. And I went over to him and I took out this bill, which happened to be a $20 bill, and I handed it to him. And I said, thank you for asking for help. I forgot that I had this in my running belt. And he looked at it. He stood up, and he was taller than I am. He stood up with tears in his eyes, and he said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he looked at me, and he goes, I'll spend this wisely. I'll spend it wisely to assure me that he wasn't going to waste it. And then he said, I hope you win the race. <laughs> I said, well, that's not my objective. That's not my objective. And I felt feeling so much better. You know, I think our God in heaven can feel our pain. I think he understands our pain. He understands when we're depressed. I think he understands the struggles that we go through. Otherwise, how could he support us and answer our prayers? But it occurred to me this weekend after this happened that I also feel that he experiences our joy. And that brought a new feeling to me, that when we do good things, when we do things for others, that he can also experience that same joy that we're involved in. You know, you get these impulses. Uh, that Someone wants to find arrogance as an outward display of a lack of gratitude. So I think about that. Was I arrogant? Am I arrogant when I ignore these promptings that I get all the time on ways that I can give and that I can share? Um, and then I think about gratitude as gratitude as being a form of worship, a true form of worship, a true way, true gratitude of showing our own gratitude. So I'm thankful for a couple of things. I'm thankful for Lori and her blog. I invite you to go read it. I'm thankful for David Sheffield and for his willingness to enjoy the journey and to share with others and allow me to enjoy the better. And I'm thankful for that man that stepped up and said, I will spend this wisely. I've learned a lot this week. It's been a very meaningful week. I hope you have a meaningful week this week, and I'll talk to you next Monday. Bye-bye.